Greetings and salutations, all you beautiful people, and welcome to another episode of Art of the Beholder, a show dedicated to all things eclectic in the world of art, where we do deep dives into deep cuts and help you understand why damn things matter. I'm your host, Novo Day, and today we're going to be talking about art and music, focusing on the career of composer Nobuo Yumatsu. To hash it out, I am joined by, ooh, guys, I'm joined by two guests today. Oh, you're, you're in for a treat. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. oh, my goodness gracious. Hey, let me introduce them before we move on. And that is Mr. Philip Church of philipchurch.tech. Welcome, Philip. Good day. <laughs> and Mr. Ryan Selvi of Instagram handle eatc.films. Welcome, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. what up? Oh, God, I'm excited. Thank you guys for joining me because today we're talking about the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Yumatsu. Now, that is pretty much my thesis. Simply put, this guy is a living legend. I mean, he helped. I Well, let me say it this way. He was a pioneer in moving video game scoring to what was previously honestly viewed as probably a lesser known medium into one of the highest echelons of respected art forms we have today. So my first question for you, gentlemen, is this, who is the bigger fan? I am honestly going to say Ryan. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. As much as I oh, absolutely, man. I thought it was absorbed, you, Philip. Honestly, I, I, you know, I can't, I can't lie, and and I can't, especially uh, about uh, again somebody whose uh, artistic opinion I value and respect so much. Um, I just would be willing to bet Ryan has spent more time legitimately like researching. Uh, and as much as I love to just put on the like, this is Nobuo Uematsu playlist. Yeah. Um, I'd be willing to bet Ryan's got the deeper knowledge. Oh man, I I fell in love with uh, Uematsu. Uh, probably 22 23 years ago i've been going almost every other year maybe not every other year um in the past five years but whenever dear friends would come by um you know he would do it with the aos or atlanta or aso atlanta symphony orchestra i'd always buy tickets and uh he sat right in front of me two rows in front of me and i was sweating my balls off i was like he's right <laughs> there right i was like if i could just Oh, balls how sweat. much will balls I get? Sweat. You know, what's the what does he smell? Like? You know, what does he smell like? That's really what I want to know. <laughs> Can I just touch him? Just, but just yeah, walk. I've been listening to him for quite a while. And I even with this show, looking at some some other uh, mediums of his that I had not actually come across that I didn't know one of my favorite like as a child, uh, animes uh, was done was, by him was done by him. I had no idea. What is it? What is it? It's it's Gwyn Saga. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did. I put that on the outline. Yeah, yeah. And no okay. idea, no <laughs> clue. And I went back and I was like, oh, this just radiates. Oh, oh so oh my god, yeah, I'm I'm cool. so happy to hear this. You were so a fan. You. you were a yeah. fan before you knew you were a fan. Before I knew yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, of of course, before we can discuss, of course, everyone needs a little background. So Yumatsu was born on March twenty first. 1959 in Koji, Japan. He is most very famously a self-taught musician. He learned how to play piano at the age of approximately 11, 12, depending on the literature you read. He joined video game development studio and publisher Square, often known as Square Soft here in the States, in 1985 and was there for almost 
two goddamn decades, becoming the legend he is today, before departing in 2004 uh, to form his own production company, Smile Please, Severa Humatsu, and later his own music label, Dog Ear Records, in 2006. Now, there's a lot to discuss here, but before we do, of course, a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, if you don't know what Liquid IV is, well, buckle up because I'm going to throw you a game changer. Liquid IV is a hydration multiplier that not only tastes great, but is a non-GMO electric light drink mix. Powered by cellular transport technology to deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water can just do alone. One stick contains three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks with five essential vitamins. Now, I pride myself on telling you about things that I either already like or just use in my everyday life. And I have to say, I've actually been a fan of Liquid IV for a long, long time now. I use it for everything from, you know, just long runs to stay in shape, all those late nights with those after hours or just when I'm feeling a little dehydrated. I turn to it so it could just, my God, set me straight, make me feel like a million bucks again, and just get me ready for the day. So please head on over to their website. That's liquid-iv.com to check out their amazing line of products. And get this, when you use promo code Art of the Beholder, all one word, you'll get 20% off your order. Now, if you need a little direction on where to start, I recommend Lemon Lime. Guys, you're going to love it won't be disappointed so please give it a shot and get more fuel for life's adventures now back to the show so Yumatsu joined Square in 1985, and uh, his first uh, documented composition and soundtrack uh, is the soundtrack for Cruise Chaser Blasty in 1986, but it wasn't uh, shortly after his, his life changed forever, and that's when he met Hironobu Sakaguchi, that is, of course, the creator of Final Fantasy, to, hey, you know, he's like, hey, could you, um, you mind writing some music for me and my little thing? And uh, the rest, as they say, is history. I want to start with, uh, before we dive into uh the final fantasy franchise and his music there uh, i do want to start with style as a um, amateur musicologist of course that is where my heart soul lies so um you know in the intro i said he was uh just composer because that is really how he's evolved right he's not just a video game you know uh music composer or just scores video games he is a true blue composer and and i would argue a classical composer at heart but his compositions are very diverse and his focus has always been of course he starts with piano figures as centerpieces and kind of expands from there i often uh would uh categorize his pieces as whimsical light bright and busy and often moving but equally epic in scope now i know a lot of people People argue that he is, you know, he has this dark, you know, melancholic type of compositions like a la Final Fantasy VIII. But uh, to me, there's still there's still whimsy to him. Uh, Ryan, let's start with you uh, as I guess the um, Yumatsu historian of the group now. Um, what uh, how would you describe kind of his uh, style and composition? Well, his style and composition, I think, is very busy. Um, he definitely has grounded works. Uh, I think more with like Final Fantasy Seven, um, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy Eight. Uh, it's very weird um, hearing him say that Final Fantasy Nine is his favorite piece of work he's ever done. Which kind oh, of, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, oh, okay. he he loves Nine, and I think it's definitely the one that sounds the most unique out of all of his work. It's very like mm. medieval, very knights. Um, you know, uh, Lancelot and, and Camelot and stuff like that. Um, but 
his his sound is very, 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 very busy and very, very, like you said, whimsical. A lot of piano, a lot of um, yeah. lot of strings, um, but I love his composition and how he uses uh, each scene, especially with storytelling back in the day where we didn't have you know third person cameras following the characters. We had fixed cameras, fixed areas, and he brought life to every area and uh, every oh my scene, God. which to oh. me blows me away. How you can have literally 140 tracks. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Put a pin in that. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a minute. In my completely professional medical opinion, um, <laughs> sight and sound are like as tied together, at least for me, as like taste and smell. Mm-hmm. And to this very day, uh, whether it's a song that I am familiar with uh, and that I, I can immediately bring to mind, again, both the imagery and scenery across all the multiple games, uh, especially the emotions that I have felt through all of his stuff. Um, and then even if I'm not familiar, I mean, again, I'm not, this massive Final Fantasy nerd necessarily. Like, I love a lot of the yes, games. Yes, you are. Yes, yes. No, I am. But there's, again, like, <laughs> Ryan might be, might be a bigger one. And there's I don't know, man. Ryan may be the bigger one. Yeah. So, but regardless, even if I'm not familiar with the actual game, I can listen to other songs of his and still know I get an I, I get such a clear picture, a mental, like, painting of he the He has a signature sound, And too. the emotion, yeah. I mean, you can practically tell the context of, like, situations and scenes just by hearing his music. Like, he's he's adjectives incarnate and emotions made music. It's it's just, it's it's beyond, like, what so many other people were capable or seemingly capable of putting into video games as far back and as long as he has done. Absolutely. And his, uh, yes, I, I think, Ryan, you made a good point, and I think you piggybacked on this, Philip, is the sheer volume. I mean, I was trying to put in perspective, especially for our audience here, about the the genius, the work ethic, the the sheer volume of output this man has done. Because so one one video game album is can be what thirty tracks, maybe up to sixty, yeah, right? 30, guys? Like a minimum, I bet. For yeah. an RPG, yeah. yeah, for sure. And um, now now on average, if you think of like a typical western you know very famous we'll say a famous band you know think of your famous band and if on average they make one album every few years and it's like let's say 10 tracks worth you know worth of like an hour worth of music they may they may make what eight to ten hours of of music and their entire career decades and decades this guy does it per game yeah and so like i mean it's in the thousands right like of 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 the compositions he's he's written and everybody gets a fucking theme like so the whole franchise has a theme the game has a theme and then almost every character and um place you visit gets a theme i mean and then also to make it not only not only does he have a signature sound but he can tie them together well and he can his style is is very eclectic. I will I will say that as much as uh, I do do you hear the whimsy and he has a signature sound. He does explore a lot of different genres mm-hmm. and he makes the perfect composition for whatever the needs of the game is or the place or the mood or the tone. That leads me to let's talk talk about some standout compositions. So he's done everything from f- fucking chip tune, even his chip tune stuff, guys, <laughs> sounds good. Uh, to the uh, forty piece orchestral compositions. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go fast through these because I know that you probably have maybe some overlap or your own because I want to hear each of your guys' own. So Final Fantasy IV's Battle II, uh, Final Fantasy VI's Terra's theme. I thought this was so, oh, so well I done. I love Terra's theme. Uh, yeah. yeah. Final Fantasy VII's main theme, of course, 
the biggest fucking the yeah. the stairway to heaven yeah, yeah, yeah. of of Yamatsu's <laughs> one winged angel, yeah. right? Final Fantasy Seven again, Vamo Aya Flamenco, Final Fantasy Nine, and I got you know I really thought you know one winged angel and some other things from Final Fantasy Seven were gonna be my at the top, but I was I really fell in love with Ten, Final Fantasy Ten and Xanarkin. That theme for like yeah, to, to, essentially for the game is amazing. Yeah, and it's and that's that heavy piano that you're talking about that 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 push on Xanarkin's theme and and but you know that that entire score for that game was very very piano based but i think because once again well they all are well yeah for sure they they all are um but i i think this one piano keys and synth he always starts there it's very clear right but he i felt like with with, uh final fantasy 10 because the big theme was love like that was like the theme of 10 man he pushed that piano so hard and it just it told the story. What what's some standouts for you? Um, you know, the the game, I feel like the score that no one really talks about that much, but it's Final Fantasy VIII. I think that is his best work, hands down. Often considered dark, the melancholic, though. I, you know, it's I, arguable in my opinion. I, I remember saying this a long time ago to Philip. I don't know if you remember this, Philip, but I was like, I love um Blue Fields. I I go to sleep to Blue Fields like all the time. It is. Hmm. It is. So he was like, "You mean the the overwhelming tone of dread?" I was like, "I guess so, man." But <laughs> I, I was like, "I love this shit so much." It is such uh, different strokes for different. Hey, strokes, man, it's know? great, and I'm not very. You like dread? I'm, I'm not here to judge, right? <laughs> man, he threw it at me so hard too, and I was like, "Damn, it is kind of sad," but I do. I, I love it. That and um, it's it's usually pronounced Ami, but it is the theme for Balam Garden, and I you can just. I know I like Belong. Oh, oh yeah. Beautiful. Uh Philip? You know, um, I hate to be too stereotypical and again just keep showing how I'm not the like most well versed <laughs> fan of his, but I mean I still to this day I think seven and eight. And it's probably... I really thought it was gonna be you. I thought you were gonna be the bigger nerd than Ryan, but I stand correct. In in many other arenas, absolutely. But sure. um yeah, I just I think part of it is this the emotional resonance that I resonance that I have with uh seven and then I just how still like Eight was the immediate follow-up. So I think in a way the music, he was still just riding some kind of high because those two were great. But again, I also cannot deny, like you pointed out, 10 also has some phenomenal music. Mm. I don't know if it's just, again, it's just because the gameplay didn't strike me as much for nine. Like I love Vivi's theme, for instance. I love when he oh, gets yeah. more mischievous. Love, I love, love when he isn't just like making you feel like, oh, this is a peaceful, beautiful town or wow, we're about to whoop some ass. Like he can be evocative of so many things, but when he starts to get really mischievous and stuff, I yeah. love it. And I, I will say a uh, lot of credit where it's due for uh, Vivi's theme from uh, Nine, from Final Fantasy Nine, to be honest. Can I ask a quick question then uh, for you, Philip, since you brought up Vivi's theme? Do you concur on what he said about Nine being his like his best work? Like he loves it so much. Do you see why maybe? I, I think so. I mean, again, like I couldn't, given that all I heard was just the songs at the time and you know it's not like I was looking the names up like if I went and picked that soundtrack out I probably might end up agreeing and I definitely won't argue with the man if that's his favorite of course like he's probably right I mean obviously who knows his works better than himself of course but again it's it's also really hard to not be partial to the game that like made me grow up as a human some which was seven so I I have to ask uh, if I may uh, Philip so um what is your your very number one what is the epitome of Yamatsu's work to you? Oh man. Um like clearly no, no. Ryan since nine. <laughs> no. That's that's no. clear. It very well could be um just the overall theme 
of seven, if not the like on our way. Again, like I said, I'm just I'm too partial. I'm just too damn partial. Aerith's theme makes me makes all my hair stand up on end to this day. For instance, like it to this day, wow. it makes me okay. like feel emotions that I I almost never feel, and like it gets me. It gets me to this day, especially because. It was one thing when it was back on a MIDI track on a Final Fantasy, you know, sevens like PS1 discs. Yeah. But yeah. hearing the different iterations through the years and how it's grown, uh, and, and just it's in like it's added complexity, but they've never overdone it. I think it just stands to show how, like I said earlier, just emotion incarnate. Yeah, seven with specifically, I think Aerith's theme being one of the most standout, beautiful songs that I've like maybe ever heard. One more, and I'm not gonna stay on this topic too much longer, but. I'm- Oh, no, on, no, we're going to nerd. We're going to nerd out. I, I have more questions. Final Fantasy VII Remake, there is a song called The Getaway. It was made for that uh, for the remake, but it is using uh, a very, very hyper-energetic um, notes from um, the bombing run. And it's when you beat the Scorpion boss, the first boss in the game, and you're escaping with Barrett out of the uh, reactor. And I remember when I heard it, I listen to I listen to it in my car all the time when I'm like driving to work or something like that. Or I need to get like amped. But like you can see the goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, you win. You, you, <laughs> you win. can see you the goosebumps through my clothes. Like it, like it's <laughs> insane. How he does have incredibly large goosebumps. Oh, they're 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 massive. Um, but <laughs> no, if if you can, listeners, listen to the getaway. It's track number six, I think, on the soundtrack. Let me um let me ask both you guys this then. Which is better, Final Fantasy VII, the original OST or the remake? I'd say the original. I'd say yeah, the original. As amazing <laughs> as the like revamped or actual orchestral versions of the new one are, you, like if anything, all that does is speak to how amazing the originals are. And again, I'll never not be partial. I can never be uh, not just fully in love with Seven, the original. Well, uh, I'm so glad you guys said that because I couldn't <laughs> disagree more. So I think I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is the epitome for me because, and here here's I I'll, I will uh, support my argument. It's so yes, they he had a team of um, producers and co-writers this time around in Remake to build off of his original um compositions and the vision that he had that he couldn't clearly couldn't quite fulfill and you know come to complete fruition because of just the technology at the time and now because they have the budget and they threw clearly so much money and resources at this project and uh sorry philip i know i know you're not a big fan of final fantasy 7 remake the game but i do think it is perfect we'll talk about that later uh put a pin in that as well but just the music in and of itself i feel like between them expanding on the original compositions clearly using a 40-piece orchestra to really bring them to life. And then them adding in the other producers and other songwriters to kind of, there's just like little touches here and there just to elevate it a little more. And then the mixing and the master, mastering is just a different level. It's, it is is clearly perfect. But again, it's 20 years of you know hardware, software, and just, you know, how can we make this better? Yeah, every, I mean, I, will, I won't disagree overall that, again, the new one is fantastic. There are songs that there's a few originals that I, in my opinion, here and there, or at least they strike me as originals that, um, that really get, you know, they get me going. They're amazing. But, um, yeah, again, overall, I just like, 
I still love the original uh, soundtrack more, but there's one particularly, I believe it's somewhere around like the battle arena. It's something to do with when you're doing the, the battle arena around the, the slums with Don Corneo's like mission. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, it just, I, I binged it. I did my typical Philip, like listen to it until I, I can't anymore yeah, kind it, of yeah. thing yeah, yeah. for like literally like, how long oh, do you yeah. go a month more? Month. I'm, I'm, I, I slash, I'm a, I'm a and, and then I'll too. do that again later once it's like, oh, okay, it's been enough time. And then I'll do that again. So uh, before we move on, uh, let's 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 end with this favorite Final Fantasy composition. Just one. So not the entire soundtrack. Literally, if you could pick just one piece, what would that be? I would have to say that's tough, man. I would have to. I, I, that's real tough. I would have to say <laughs> I, know, uh, right? I would go back to Balam Garden. <laughs> Or Ami. Oh wow! Okay, that's eight. yes, that is eight. Yes, eight and right? I remember um, also the opening song, Fethos, Lucos, Wesek, Lunas, uh, Unisec, whatever it's called. You know, the intro to that one is the okay, intro. Wow. Is, I gotta give you that. It's that's when I was like, yeah. oh, they got money. Like the seven did so well <laughs> that, that they threw a quarter of the budget into um, this opening song, and that song blew me away but i remember after that fury of an introduction that fury of music and you go into you're introduced to basically your school and military living quarters and it's just this majestic beautiful um like swimmingly soft song that is the theme of a place that you're in almost the entire game at least for 60 percent of the game off and on i couldn't I couldn't have anything playing on repeat more than that song. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Similarly, um, again, I, I, I'm now again, I'm just, I'm just going to go back to probably, um, Aerith's theme. It's too damn beautiful. Um, and then very, very close second though, is also same game though, but just the intro slash bombing mission, kind of like how you said, Ryan, of just that, like, that slow movement that like and then it like it zooms in it's got like the materia the mako running around and then it goes into the bombing mission and just goes from one end of the spectrum into the other and it's again it's just such a interesting like taste of what's to come with what wind up winds up being just again a a just fantastic game Mm -hmm. just a a, a phenomenal (laughs) experience overall mine is uh final Final Fantasy VII's remakes, um, Hollow. It's uh, the the music that is played during the Sector Five slums. We'll call it level mission. That part of the game, and it's all it is is uh, two lines. It's a series of chords. It's played clearly. He he kind of mapped it out. I think on the piano, but it was rearranged for the guitar. And I think it was the correct choice because it's, yeah, it's just a series of chords. So a rhythm section and then essentially like a melody line, acoustic guitar that is, oh, it's, uh, I think it's, over I think it's hollow chords. skies technically, but yeah. Oh, I've always Fair. just called it hollow. I, I guess that's how I, I found it. Yeah. Hollow skies. Yeah, I think, I think the original has a different name for I'm it. Curious. I'm the, drawing the a blank. remake, but, uh, Oh man, yeah. Um, listen to it later, and it's this is the kind of stuff that I would you know fall asleep to. It's it's that pretty, you know, that melodic, that harmonious of, of a piece that I I feel like I would butcher it if I try to hum it. Sometimes <laughs> give it, I hum give it, it a go, man. Shows as you well know. I'll edit it in later. That's not some favorite track. It's like that. Oh yeah. Uh, so that's a little mm-hmm. that's a little taste. Yeah. 
Um, so other well-known contributions to a gaming series is, is the saga series, Final Fantasy Legend, Chrono Trigger, Front Mission, Gun Hazard. But of course, as we all know, and maybe you guys don't know listening, that he is, um, Yumatsu has done a lot outside of gaming. So he's, uh, but I feel like it's like gaming adjacent. I really want him to do an actual, you know, Same. big blockbuster film so some of his uh some of his standouts include ah uh, um i think it's my goddess or mountain goddess it's an anime film uh final fantasy unlimited 2001 he also made a solo album in 1994 titled uh phantasmagoria uh the anime i think you mentioned this ryan this is uh, the, how do you pronounce it guyan yeah, pretty sure i'm pronouncing and, it wrong but i'm sure they call him <laughs> yeah we're we're t- i'm sure they call him gwyn on the show so, a lot yeah, of these yeah, yeah. I'm gonna oh yeah I'm gonna butcher a lot don't don't worry um, he's also done ebooks um, is there any standouts for you guys outside of his video game scoring now that I I remember watching uh, Gwen Saga um, at a very young age maybe like twelve or thirteen and humming it all the time especially the intro um, but it's just so weird that coming full circle and being like oh this dude like resonates something about his musical melodies and and how he uses his notes and his tones and keys and and we call it voicing how he does vertical and horizontal voice um and it and it did because i used to love and it was weird because i was watching it on some obscure you remember before streaming obviously you know you could go on demand and that's where i saw a lot of my anime was on demand uh like comcast i was still going to blockbuster like the anime section of for sure And I was like, well, what is this? Because the main character looks exactly like my favorite Tekken character. They have like a leopard head. Who's your, fo- who's your favorite Tekken character? King. King. Oh, King. King. Yeah, oh, yeah. God. Yeah. King. King. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't get me started on King. But, um, he looks exactly like <laughs> him. So Storylines like, oh. with the kids. Come on. Oh, he's the best, man. <laughs> we haven't had a tangent all show. This is your tangent moment, man. Fucking did King. You know, <laughs> did, you know he's, did you know he's based off of uh, Natural Libre? I did not know that. Oh, my that's, God. That's, mm-hmm. Oh, man. Fun Libre. fact. Yeah. Oh, I love learning. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, yeah. So, I saw this and I watched probably, I, I, I would say, around one season's worth of the show. Um, apparently, it's still running. Um, but I can never find it anywhere. Anywho, uh, I would say that's my big standout. You know, uh, Chrono Trigger was fantastic. Uh, the Saga series is fantastic. All games I played maybe two decades ago, and I remember loving those uh, those songs. But outside of video games, I have to say it's my favorite. So once again, um, <laughs> I am just so much more well versed in his. Um, video game music and i i'm not nearly as large of an anime nerd as most people would probably think that i am um and half the time i hear something of his that isn't at least like final fantasy i go to look it up and it's still just another game <laughs> um but i will uh, like i guess some of the closest i can get without like trying to stretch too thin after you know basically just admitting that like i i don't know a ton of his non-video game music uh there is a game called grand blue fantasy mm-hmm. that is like super folksy he really went left field on that one um some of the grand blue music is you could probably i mean granted i think some of it's like collaborative um it's not all him but still like i think he really channeled something else and even he said like i'm not doing final fantasy-esque for this like it's been so long and that he had stopped doing pure final fantasy soundtracks at that point i mean again he stopped doing just he stopped doing them alone after 10 so i think in his collaborations he kind of grew as a composer and so the uh, it's sometime around like the early 
20 teens or whatever the, the crap you'd call them was some like video games called the grand blue fantasy uh not grand but just grand blue grand gr yeah just gr that's, that's what i know the most outside of his final fantasy work myself yeah so. it's just some of it is just it's really cool yeah turned it into a fighting game by the way <laughs> i didn't know Ooh, okay oh, god we're we got a lot of deep cuts today okay um this is important now to the discussion philip favorite tech and character favorite tech and character probably yoshimitsu Really? That or Jack. That or Jack the Robot. Yoshimitsu's just fucking insane. But I also love Jack's weird, like, court, like his, his almost glitchiness sometimes when he would, like, do that weird side-to-side flex pose and be like, ah, 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 like, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't played I haven't played Tekken's in forever. I only did, like, one through three. Oh, yeah. I'm not much for fighting games because I'm trash at them. But, uh... I am, oh, I am very good. I'm the complete opposite. I, I grew up uh, absolutely obsessed in love with the arcade scene. And yeah. my go-to was was Tekken secondarily but first was Mortal Kombat just like oh. seeing like the big crowd like a big group of people around one cabinet you know playing Mortal Kombat and seeing like two of the best players in town go at it oh that was my scene man don't get me wrong don't get me wrong the like the, the Mortal Kombat's are actually probably the longest standing fighting franchise that I have played just because they are so simple that I can at least kind of hold ground. Yeah. I'll play with friends. Street Fighter's too, too, it's not even one of the deepest games, but it's the combat system's too deep and I suck at those. So as much as I've tried them and I've stuck with other stuff, I mean, yeah, Street Fighter Mortal Kombat are classics and I love them. And all the way up through the most recent Mortal Kombat, I believe it was technically like 11 or the reboot or whatever. Um, it was amazing. It was actually really fun. That was the first um, one I bought in years was 11. So yeah, it was great. Honestly, same. A friend let me like play theirs, and then um, after I realized how fun it was, and it was it was either on sale or something. It was like crazy cheap, so I got it, mm. and uh, yeah, loved it. Had a great time with it. Outside um, of uh, gaming, mine is about the same as as yours, Philip, and that is the uh, the Grand Blue Fantasy franchise. Um, and I'm excited to move on to the next topic because I have a question for you that I didn't put in the outline again, so we can have a little improv. But before we move on, um, my favorite character is uh, Paul Phoenix, for the record. Uh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm Mr. A, Boulder punching himself yeah. before Chris Redfield was I know, right? Yeah. Paul was clearing highways. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> I'm a traditionalist. I bet you can hear, ooh, ooh. I bet you can guess my favorite favorite street fighter character then if i like paul guile uh close close it's ken ryan your guess it's oh. ken it's ken the other blonde <laughs> the, the other, other blonde, blonde guy, guy. Yeah. um I like, I like it just i just like simple fighting styles with a lot of my fighting and like uh, obviously then you know going back to mortal kombat is scorpion that was my go-to guy i liked all uh, all What's of the, the flagship sonic booms pop out of your arm yeah that's right i like the, my <laughs> flagship guys uh so let's move on to concerts and touring so he has two bands and then he does uh he'll go on tour with full orchestra his two bands are earthbound papas and the black mages formed in 2002 now i'm excited to talk about this section uh of the show because uh i i think it was you philip so we're gonna start with you you went to you guys saw distant worlds right correct yeah i tell um, me about this experience oh well 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 uh, you know what for the good people that don't know tell them what distant distance distant worlds is first and then explain yeah, the experience absolutely so distant worlds is literally a collection of um his final fantasy soundtracks uh that he would play with uh technically local orchestras so obviously being in atlanta uh, he played with the Atlanta Symphony Orchestra. And of course, 
with any good concert when there is also a visual medium attached to the music originally. Uh, there was, of course, a big screen so that they could play certain highlights and clips yeah. to kind of, you know, just just entice the fans um, and mm. and make it make it more a little more engaging for all the 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 significant others of all these nerds who got dragged <laughs> to a concert if they didn't. Hey, even they find drag the us to shit too. It's only well, fair. they do, but fair. at the same time, if anything, you should get dragged to. It's this amazing composer's concert where you at least have a visual medium to accompany it. So yeah, sure. it was um, it was. It was the various worlds because each Final Fantasy, it's not technically, uh, it's an anthology, if you, right? Is that the correct word? That they're not all directly connected they're all the time. All, yeah. So yeah. while there's there's themes that, of course, the the creators and producers are always just like, tee this guy's name is Sid again. But yeah, no, they 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 have all these quirky little things like this weapon. There's always an Ultima weapon. There's always a Sid. There's this. There's that. There's the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so because they're all various worlds and they're all so unique, thanks especially to Nobuo Uematsu-san's uh, soundtracks. This concert series is known as Distant Worlds. Hmm. It's fantastic. You guys went together, right? Or no? We went to one of them. I I believe that, Ryan, you must have gone to an extra one because I don't remember being that close, but I know that he was at the one that I was at. We went to... So what happened was the the row that we were on, me and the girl that... Because we went separately, but we were at the same Yeah, same show, but not like together together. Oh, okay. Yes, and I was with a chick, and our our fucking row broke our our seats broke was your way <laughs> wait let's back up let's back up so was your was your girl into final fantasy or did you feel like you had to drag her she loved music so, oh, so like, this was she, easy she knew i loved uh noble so she was like yeah i love I, I hear you listen to it all the time like it sounds good let's go let's go listen, listen and to plus she loves music. live yeah. shit you yeah. know what i mean oh, so we all do yeah. we're sitting there we're probably like i can't even remember what row we were in but we were if you were you know. two rows behind him, probably three or four. Well, that's what got me two rows behind him because our mm. our row broke and it like ah. hurt, her, it hurt her leg. And they were like, and dude behind me was like, you need to sue, bro. And I was like, <laughs> yes. And the guy was like, hey, you want to go up front? And I'm like, yep. The, uh, she can do. I'll take the seats. Thank yeah, you. She, yeah, she can sit here. She'll we be close fine. the circle. That's how we got so close. Yep. Okay. And he was on stage actually uh, when we sat. He was evil. dressed like some kind of whimsical pirate in yeah. all white. There was all like, white. Yeah, and it was like this flowing <laughs> yeah. linen-y. He had like a head thing. I can't even describe. So it was it like again. it yeah. was like like a spiritual experience with him being. Yeah. It really was. It was. He looked like he was about to make sake, like some old tradition. Hell See, yeah! It was you very know? Japanese, but all white. He was all so white. adorable. Just like you know, a quick like intro. Thank you for coming. You know, like a bow. Just all that shit. Yeah. Just so humble. Yeah. yeah. Such a wonderful presence. Knowing he was in the room just made it all the more meaningful. Yeah. 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 And he, um, he, uh, you know, he walked off stage and then he walked in my direction and I was like, is he coming to say sorry to me for the thing? I, I can see it? Ryan's goosebumps. Once again, I saw Oh, him. bro. You saw, you saw him. Dude was like, Hey man, can you move your goosebumps? The guy behind me. And then he sits <laughs> down like two rows in front of me and I almost threw up. Like it was, <laughs> it was fucking lit. But, um, yeah, man, it is, it is a uh, concert that he, he throws, he won't be there every time. Yeah, I don't think he can. Sure, um, sure, but sure. It, it's some kind of dear friends. Uh, just yeah, dear friends is another one mm-hmm, where it is just a compilation of his music. And I think dear friends may be Final Fantasy and other. Yeah, I think it's wider than just Final Fantasy because obviously Distant Worlds was just Final Fantasy. Yeah, music. yeah, yeah. So, so he he had a couple. There's actually one in two months. I think. Oh, I didn't I'm know that. Ooh. Here, here in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you, you guys, this, how was, 
Um, and this is this is a jump ball, free for all. Whoever wants to chime in first. How was one winged angel live? Oh my god! So, Philip, do you remember what he did or what they did? Not off the top of my head. I'm kind of one of those brownout kind of guys. Like, sure. I, need a, I need a jog. <laughs> I need a jog first, typically. Sure. Um, so, <laughs> so what happened was they they did like you know I think I think it honestly might have been twelve tracks, 12, 12 songs. And um, I can't remember which one was last. Let's just say Zanergan was last. And, uh, you know, the, the everyone stood up and the lights went down and and um, came back on and stuff like that. And everybody was so this was encore. This was encore. They, it, well, it wasn't encore. It was just it was some tomfoolery. They were they were they were pulling the wool. And uh, he, you know, he <laughs> went up on stage. He was like, thank you, everybody. The the. Uh, I don't know if you remember Philip, but you're browned out. But uh, the actual <laughs> chorus started to leave, and we were like, "Damn, we're not going to get it!" And then the lights cut off, and then it would boom, 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 and it, oh, he tricked everybody, and everybody like sat down. He stayed on stage, and that was the one song that he played that he uh, conducted. He actually, okay, oh, awesome. Oh, so I do want to, I do want to touch on this before we move on. So, um, what I love about Yumatsu, and we'll, and we'll talk about. I want to. I want to kind of touch on that a little later in the, in our piece here today, but uh, it has, it needs to be said that, um, you know, he's a big fan of, of Western music and Western harmonies mm -hmm. and, and, and traditional um, song structure. And I think his biggest influence is um, Elton John. And mm -hmm. um, what I found fascinating, and this was, God, this was years before, Novo Day Productions, I learned that um, One Winged Angel is based on Jimi Hendrix's Purple Haze. Yep. Yeah, um, that was the next thing I was going to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you, I, I urge people that are just now getting into them and where, where have you been living under a rock? Hurry up, catch up, uh, look for those things. We all have our flaws. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all of the, the, the audio files out there, the people that really hear music differently, listen for those Western influences. And I think you'll, you'll really, it, it's like Easter eggs, right? So look for those in, in his work. Uh, so this is, um, our next subject is, you know, like I said in the intro, he moved on from Square, uh, a, a circa 2004. But of course, you know, with him having such a presence and being so well known in the industry, of course, he went on to do uh, freelance work besides the touring and his and his solo projects. And uh, a couple standouts um, to me was Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, of course, the movie. And what I was so surprised, this is again, this is why I love our show is I learned so much too, you know, like, um, is that he did the theme for super smash brothers brawl yeah. in 2008. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So great. Philip. Yeah. Expand. What do you, <laughs> I mean, how could they resist? Like after seeing what he'd done for the decade prior. Um, and again, like he, in my opinion is very much one of the main, if not biggest influences of proving that true composers belong in as many video games as possible. And uh, I mean, speaking of a game that has like all these other characters, like Zelda also has fantastic music, you know, but like yeah. even stuff like it's got characters like Donkey Kong and Mario and the music for those games, you know, like Mario actually just barely predates Final Fantasy. And so it's like, they're practically contemporaries just by a couple of years, right? Sure. Uh, the first Final Fantasy, I believe came out in like 86 or seven, Super Mario came out in 85. And if you think about the difference in those alone, it's like Super Mario music was like a jingle. You know, it was just like a melody, like pop, 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 beep, boop, 
And then like the underworld, the booty booty booty. Like it's, it's, it's there's no shade, no shade at all, because it still is like. Oh iconic. yeah, I would argue with you because oh, yeah. that those those are genius. They're iconic when and you start actually for studying what they them. Are. They're genius, but yeah. they're not true composition compositions. They're oh, just they, like, oh, 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 they are, but it's not just, in. I, it's I cyclical. The, it's not. I would love to hear the forty piece version of of the. <laughs> and you can be as nearly well, good. Well, they're as some of They're two sides of the same coin because yes. You're, you are right in a sense that, you know, the the, the Nintendo, the, the Super Mario Brothers, uh, Zelda, you know, those were meant to be played cyclic, you know, in a cyclical fashion where these were standalone pieces, especially later. You know, when you go back to the chiptune well, they stuff, they were still too. cyclical, though, in a way. If you if you hung out in any town long enough, you'd hear that song repeat. Right, it's right. It's cyclical. But, but a, a short cyclical piece instead of like a beginning middle and end even with bridges you know and completely orchestral sections even in the chiptune phase but they didn't do that uh for the nintendo one yeah they wanted to keep it more simple but i but i i guess my argument is they are still compositions uh well sure the it, but they're not as the big grand they're not epics. as again given the that it's they're not contemporary, music, right yeah given that they are literally contemporaries by just a year or so and even like from the same country just the the music from super mario 1985 compared to the music from final fantasy Parentheses one because who knew that they would have fifteen of them later and all these spinoffs within mm -hmm. a year or two. You should talk about the history just, then. You know that's it's why it's worlds apart. That's it's why literally called... just worlds apart. It went from like it's distant worlds. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's world distant worlds apart. Well, that's why um, it's called Final Fantasy. You, you know the history, right, guys? That yeah, he yeah. he thought he was going to be done. I, for anybody listening that doesn't know that, because I hear this shit all the time. They're like, "Why is it called Final Fantasy?" Well, because who can there be fifteen of them? Because he literally thought this was his last project before he was going to quit Sakaguchi, and he um, he's like, "This is it. This is my final, my my last try." And um, the rest is history. Yeah, we're still he here. Like this shit? Yeah, and he just yeah, he killed him. it. Yeah, he he create completely revolutionized the RPG uh, like industry. You know, within yeah. with inside just, the with yeah. inside the video game industry. I think with after seven, eight, nine, and even ten, just absolutely like smashing through everyone's expectations of video game music. Yeah, that again, like who would blame Nintendo with their budget at that point after the success of like. You know, 64, GameCube. I mean, was we, we wasn't quite out at that point, was it? No, it was still pre-Wii, mm -hmm. but still. Um, yeah, it's it's just like, why why would they not go for the big dog? Why would they not want the, like, again, like the granddaddy of video game music to up their game and really make more, even more people pay attention? Sure. Um, so that way, when they eventually, I guess, went on to do the Wii and just continue to blow minds, uh, so that way they would know that, like, we, we've, got, we've got our own little piece of Weimatsu-san. To our point, though, if you listen to the Smash Brothers intro from when it started to now, Nobuo's, his version reigns supreme. It is so good. <laughs> it's so fantastic. You may be a little biased, guys, but... I don't know, man. <laughs> You're listen wrong. To, You're wrong, I, Novo. It's great. <laughs> I play I play Ultimate. I play the Smash Brothers Ultimate quite often. That's like what I play. Like I play like two rounds before I go to bed and I hear that stupid... Wah, 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 wah. I hate... I will I hate get those it. songs stuck in my head sometimes. Even the character selection music. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> all right pull it back pull it back guys let's do a novo pullback um but yeah but um let's uh final thought ryan 
on um we'll say on super smash brothers before we move on oh uh, that's it I'm that is perf- perfect perfect yeah it's, it's, yeah it's great <laughs> um so but yeah before we uh wrap this b up and tie a nice bow on it i do have to say this that you know it took a long time for people again just like i said in my intro because of video game scoring and video game music wasn't quite considered as um you know it didn't have the value it has today it wasn't respected and it took what 20 years for people to really really take notice and now he has appeared yumatsu that is he has appeared five times top 20 list of the annual classic fm hall of fame if you don't know what that is that's essentially like it's like a um you know people's choice award for the best literal specific classical music in the entire world and he's been on there five times well i'll i'll take this um he is as um i think i think magneto said it best <laughs> from the x-men on the x-men you <laughs> are a god <laughs> you are magneto, a god i didn't think it was gonna go that way magneto said it best yeah, he said the pyro, and he was like, you're a god amongst insects. And I think as far as composition, especially in the gaming world, the dude is a monster. And like <laughs> I said, he he can literally do it all from classical to rock to... Yeah, everything. Um, everything. Yeah. And it, um, it, he fails to disappoint. I don't think I've ever heard a piece of um, Noble's music that... I did not appreciate. So it's well-deserved. Before we get to the conclusion here, I do want to talk about this and ask you gentlemen, um, there's something about Yumatsu that's magnetic. And I think a lot of people gravitate towards him, not only for the obvious, the music that we've talked about this entire episode, but just as a person, you know, as I was doing my research for this episode, I kind of fell in love with, you know, seeing like interviews with him and stuff about his history and his music and stuff like this. There's something about him that is so humble and sweet. And he's just like, mm-hmm. to me, he's like this little hippie dude that just like, yeah. you know, um, I actually texted y'all uh, a picture of his that. outfit. <laughs> okay. I was going to say like agreed a hundred percent. He also just strikes me as like the sweetest uncle, just this charming, humble man, little hippie dude, just right? like yeah. so kind and yet, obviously, he's like, you know, still incredibly intelligent, given how diverse and complex his music can be. But then in his heart, he is just again, he is just an artist, true and true. Did you take that picture? I wish. No, oh, I pulled it from Wikipedia. Awesome. <laughs> Clo- awesome, close man. enough. Yeah, I think uh, because he is just a sweetheart. And he's very open too about talking about his inspirations. I remember when he, when when the Internet kind of became a thing and take an hour to get on um i remember looking him up and going to his website and he had a page dedicated to people that he looked up to that were in his profession um movies that he's seen and the scores that followed it that gave him inspiration for certain things on saga series or on chrono trigger um it's like some german boys choir that gave him the inspiration for the um the vocal part on uh, One Winged Angel and stuff. I was just, I thought that was very cool. He was just like, hey man, listen to these guys. They're fans. You like me, you'll love them. <laughs> well put. So let's uh, let's bring it on home, gentlemen. And um, let's let's tie a bow on this. I'm going to start with you, Philip. Uh, Yumatsu, uh, why is he important to the artistic and most importantly, the music community? I mean, again, he is... Um... 
decades-long career at this point. So, I mean, dedicated and passion are practically understatements. His works are so diverse. And as I stated earlier, he deserves so much credit for, for proving why composition and a bigger music budget is absolutely deserved for certain games and that games aren't just meant to be these silly little pastimes that they can evoke emotion and be true experiences for people. And um, again, just to just to re quote my other words again, he just literally is emotion like incarnate. He's he's like uh, emotions made music and adjectives incarnate. He is just such a music smith that to me, it, mm. it still goes beyond just the one sense. I like practically see things. I can practically smell the wind or the or the smog in the air or just feel creeped out. I mean, he touches every sense. He's not just a musician. He is an artist. Very well put. I don't think it's really anything other uh, than uh, to agree 100% on yes, that. there is. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, here we go. So uh, I'll have to say for sure, when my mother walked past my door when I was a kid, um, I used to go to sleep. I used to have to turn all of the contrast and brightness down on my TV so it wouldn't keep me up, but I would keep my PlayStation on. Um, and I would go to um, Balam Town and go to, uh, stand in the, the save point, and I would listen to the guitar theme for that town. Mm. And it was just him playing the guitar, and it, you, it was the sound, because it was like a... Uh, it was like a uh, port town. So like you could hear the water in the background crashing. And I, I remember in the morning when I was going to school, that song was still playing. And my mom said to me, I can taste like the salt in, in the air of that town. She was like, because of that music. Because she would always ask, she was like, what is that show I was listening to? And I was like, oh, it's Final Fantasy VIII, blah, blah, blah. This and the third. She was like, I can like smell that town because of the music and the sound of the waves and crashing. She was like, I can almost see it, even though she's never seen it before. And I think... For any person who's a musician, for any person who wants to do anything, even if it's film, you can do anything the fuck you want to do because that dude did all that shit on like a MIDI, like a little oh, bitty, exactly. fucking, tiny yeah. fucking MIDI. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, I mean, if that guy's invoking that type of emotion for a non-gamer passerby of a kid's room, um, listen to the rest of his works because you will not be disappointed. And there you have it, folks. Nobu Yumatsu, a living legend. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank my guests, Mr. Ryan Selby and Mr. Philip Church. Very uh, happy to be here. <laughs> yep. Thank you, guys. And thank you for listening. But before we go, you know we got a little extra for you. A little icing on the cake, a little cherry on top with what we call the gym of the week. If you're new to the show here and don't know what the gym of the week is, it's something we like to talk about here at the end of our shows that doesn't always fit into the scheme of the episode. But we uh, got to give it to you nonetheless. It may be in our radar in the last day or so, week, maybe even a month but we got to give it to you guys so you guys can dig deeper before we go into the gyms we have to talk about our new gym sponsor and that is zencaster zencaster is our go-to tool for remote podcast recordings what's great is that you can record separate audio and video tracks and it's all backed up on a secured cloud so you never lose your hard work even better it's easy to use and there's nothing to download so go to zen.ai slash art of the beholder or use promo code art of the beholder and get 30 percent off your first three months with a pro account now back to the gems mine is short and sweet guys then i'm going to hand it off to you um it's the youtube channel 8-bit music theory i absolutely love music mm -hmm. theory and yep. diving into um the stuff that's way above my pay grade way way you know i can 
do a lot by ear, but I can't break it down like these guys can. So if you uh, want to understand Yumato's work or, you know, we talked about uh, the Mario themes, the Zelda themes, um, you can hear incredible explanations and breakdowns on their channel. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Who, the movie? Yes. Oh, I haven't seen it yet, but I... I Nor I. I, I, I yes. love A24, so I know yep. I'm going to see it eventually. Yep. Yes, but even with it being uh, not being an A24 movie, in short, it is freaking wild. And I didn't expect it to be a comedy as well. That is one thing that was a very big surprise to me. They did not sell it as such. And uh, it is very much so a comedy um, that is a very heartfelt and very um, powerful all in itself. So check it out. I am going to hearken back to the early days of uh, <laughs> Mr. Bo Burnham. Okay. Um, especially his special just called What. It's just literally just uh, the word what with a period at the end of it. Um, most people, of course, he has made waves in the last year or so. Like with Inside his, and stuff. Yeah, with yeah. Inside. And obviously he didn't just come out with that from nowhere. He's been doing this for a while and it shows. And even his earlier work that was live uh, deserves so much credit because it still is so incredibly coordinated. Like, uh, you know, like you of course have to watch it, but the amount of stuff that he actually incorporates of like sort of like extra tracks of audio having to keep himself on time having to remember you know uh and it, basically memorizing an entire hour's worth of show not just being like a comedian looking down at like some papers every now and again um it, it just all goes to show how he's still young i believe he's literally younger than than me and i might even be the youngest person here um so the fact that he's reached such a claim with inside i i not only encourage everybody to go back and watch his earlier specials even his first big one called what is phenomenal but uh i think if i'm not mistaken his his very unknown and unheard of uh short-lived mtv show called zach stone is going to be famous i think that's on netflix now mm -hmm. and so yeah. i'm curious i think again just because of his fame that somebody was like "Ooh, we got to snatch that up because it was in the vault somewhere gathering dust and so I'm really curious to see what it was like having him sort of, you know, be in control of this show, also showing like what it would be like to be such a young kid who just blows up to be famous and how somebody handles that in this crazy age of social media and just like having no privacy and just what technology is doing to our lives and our brains and stuff. He's got such good takes on all of these things. Oh, absolutely. Great gems, guys. I I can't. I'm really excited to see that movie. And I and I have actually exactly what you've been preaching is I, I, I did that in the last year after I saw it inside. I was like, I got to check out his other shit. It's very theatrical, right? His. Yeah, the live aspect of it is very theatrical, but his like, God, very rehearsed, that, but from but his really second, good. Yeah, from his second special that like Kanye rant that he does. Oh, yeah. Is spot fucking on. It is so damn funny, but it is still the music. Again, the music is there. That's the thing. He is still. Once again, a true and true musician and artist, when he wants to write a serious song and really make a point, he will. He just happens to be fucking hilarious as he's still doing it. He can interject his comedy all throughout and be incredibly poignant. His Kanye rant is a standout. You can look that up on YouTube <laughs> or Spotify alone, if, if you know, just so you don't have to go deep diving into stuff. Sure. Although uh, we're about deep dives here. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, God, now I got to do a quick one. My favorite bit is um, from inside when he does the, um, when he's just like, Shut the shut the fuck up. Just shut. Yeah, everybody. could you just could you just shut, shut the fuck? Could you shut the could fuck you up. not? And he's talking about essentially Twitter and social media that everyone has yeah. to have a comment about literally everything yeah. all the time. Yeah. 
That's my favorite bit. I oh god, I feel that way all the time. Yeah, it's too true. Yeah, exactly. It's 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 almost creepy how true it is. But uh, guys, check them out. I love got great gems, guys. If you like that, of course, you can check out our stuff at underscore novo underscore day and day is de and at novo day media. You can of course check out novodayproductions.com, our website where you'll find things like the entropy sessions, post meridium, adulteration, cancel culture lotto, a lot more in the oven. Of course, this show and um. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, hit that notification bell. Do all the goddamn things. I know you've heard this a million times. Rate and review if you're on YouTube. Click the fucking button. You have to do it now. It uh, clicks the button <laughs> in the basket. <laughs> oh, is that a uh, Silence of the Lambs little reference there? Maybe. Um, <laughs> put the lotion on the skin. Yes. Um, and Look if what they did to my channel. <laughs> if you're listening to this on YouTube, <laughs> don't forget to comment all the shit uh, that the algorithms like our overlords. Uh, Mr. Philip Church, if uh, just give them a quick rundown. If they would like to hire you for that, a beautiful voice of yours, how can they do it, my man? Very easily done by going to philipchurch.tech. Philip is with one L. Uh, you can easily hear, you know, read about a little bit of my background. Um, I have links to the, you know, at this point, like dozens of titles that I've I've narrated, uh, some of which I've produced and, um, you know, got a sample. And uh, obviously I'm on the tweeters and the face bag. Um, <laughs> the overlo- our overlords. Big. Yeah, that's not as big on hiring me. Obviously, that's just another way to roundabout get to my website, philipchurch1landphilip.tech. Awesome. And uh, Ryan, if uh, anybody out there listening wants to hire you for any uh, DP, cinematography, just you name it. How do they get a hold of you, man? Man, Ryan M. Selvey is thy name. You can reach me at ryanmselvey at gmail.com. You can also reach me at um, eatc.films. Uh, it is my Instagram handle. That's a good way to reach me, and I'll plug you in the right direction, put you in the right thing. I do have a website coming that Philip has been wonderful enough to get going for me but it is just not ready yet but it is coming guys um, we'll, we'll tell we'll tell the good people when it's when it's up yeah, yeah 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 for sure for sure but for the stuff that you can't reach me at just revert to that stuff man i had the pleasure of working um as, as far as i know with my first international author Ooh. um a, a, a wonderful canadian man by the name of james murray the book is called in a town without a name uh, it's very much another 80s like tribute. The guy is an 80s guy himself. Uh, it's it's a, imagine Stranger Things, but without the creepy shit. It's about video games. It's about being a young teen. It's about first loves and friendship. And it's definitely a young adult. So whether you are okay with young adult novels or you have a young adult somewhere in your life, uh, again, feel free to you know contact me through my website. I absolutely have some promo codes. And otherwise, uh, I'm sure it's available on all the regular things. I believe it's on like Audible and Kindle and all that stuff. But yeah. Uh, my my most recent audiobook is In a Town Without a Name by James Murray. Perfect. Oh, God. I, yes, check it out. I'm so glad we got to plug that guy. But until next time, guys, be good to each other. And as always, good luck and Godspeed. We love you. Art of the Beholder is brought to you by Novo Day Productions, created and hosted by Novo Day and the Novo Day Collective. Facebook.com slash Novo Day Media, at Novo Day Media on Twitter and Instagram. Music by A Company, facebook.com slash acomusic123, aco on Spotify. Logo design by Tom Justice, J-E-S-T-U-S, of thejusticecompany.com, and executively produced by Clayton Anderson. All rights reserved. Arigato. Bye-bye.